0: Welcome to I'm Telling, where we have real stories from real students. Our podcast features students from South Mountain Community College Storytelling Institute, located in Phoenix, Arizona. These stories are recorded live in a classroom setting with just one take. In the back of my head, there's a space, and it's full of stoves, all kinds of stoves, and every stove has a back burner. Lots of back burners. And on those back burners are pots, all kinds of pots. There are stainless pots, enamel pots, cast iron pots, and they're all full of stuff that's cooking. It's simmering back there. Some of the pots have lids, and as the lids are going really quickly, and the steam is coming out. Other pots, it's thick in there. It's going bloop, 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 and the lid is just banging. And others have no lids, and you just see the little, little... Little droplets come up like lava, bloop, bloop, or hot mud. In the back of my head, I have that stove. And that's where I put everything that I don't understand that I hear. Non-sequiturs, they go back there. I blow in a pot, and they simmer. And it smells so good, even though it's all full of all this different stuff, I go back there, and it smells like good cooking. And I check on my pots and see if something's been resolved or not. So I invite you for these stories to go and put something in the pot in the back burner if you don't get the non-sequiturs tonight. (sighs) It's the 1940s, and the Allied troops are bombing Germany. They need to stop the German war machine. And they're relentless in their firebombing and in their bombing. They just are leveling city after city after city. But there's one little city called Regensburg in Bavaria that somehow does not get bombed. And this is an old city. A lot of the German cities were old. They had architecture reaching back to the time of the Romans and before. And in Regensburg, there's a geological formation in that area where you had the Celts They were down in the south, and the Germanic tribes were in the north. Because, you know, the Celts, they aren't just in Ireland. They came all through, all the way down to India, all the way up to Ireland. Sanskrit and Irish are related. Well, this little town, Regensburg, didn't get bombed, so all that architecture stayed. All kinds of stuff didn't get destroyed. It wasn't looted by the Russians. It was just stayed there. Well, in 1934, this little girl was born, Erica I can say her, but that wasn't her last name then, but it is her last name now. She was born in 34. In 45, at the end of that war, she was a little girl in war-torn Germany, but that area of Bavaria was spared. She grew up to be a school teacher. She loved the German fairy tales and folk tales. She was a culture keeper. She was an oral storyteller in the traditional sense, and she was working for the municipal government as a Culture keeper, and she had an interest in this guy who collected folklore. His name was Franz Xavier von Schönwetter. He was a contemporary of the Grimm brothers, Jacob and Wilhelm. But there were more brothers than that; we just never talk about them. But they were friends in the 1850s. These two, these men, and he really liked what the Grimm brothers were doing. They were collecting stories, but he really liked the mythology, the German mythology book that they wrote. So Schönevert started to do that where he lived, in the area of Regensburg, and it is called the Oberpfalz, because I can't say the English, and it's up in eastern Bavaria, and he was collecting stories there, some of them they published, and, and they were, they're published now, but... What happened is in 2009, well, he was 1850s, in 2009, Erica is putzing around in these old municipal buildings and she finds 10 boxes of papers. Papers from Schurnevert's writings. They're just notes and papers, and she starts going through them. And there are fairy tales and folk tales mixed in with all his notes from other things, 500 of them. 500 pieces of folklore that hadn't been fiddled on by anybody. He just wrote them down after he talked to somebody. And she's pulling them out and sorting them and she starts to transcribe them. It's in his own handwriting. He wrote it in the di- whatever dialect they spoke. 2009. By 2012, she has it published in high German so everybody can read it. And Maria Totter in uh, Harvard. She's a German literature professor but also a folklorist by default. And she... As, what is that word her and Erica get together and they translate it to English Erica, Erica chose some to put into high German and she called the book Prince Dung Beetle after one of the stories in there but in America we call the book the Turnip Princess I guess that is more <laughs> acceptable than the Dung Beetle and they put this book together Okay, put that in the back burner I was speaking with a young woman about fracking, um, where they drill a hole in the earth and they shove down um, chemicals and water and dirt. And we were talking about how some people are having the the water come out and they can light it on fire. There's earthquakes in areas where there's been no earthquakes before. And then we started talking about all these things going on in the environment. And then this young woman, she says to me, you know, you can only rape Mother Earth so many times. And I said, yes, and then she will shake her mantle. Now, I'm not talking about the mantle over her fireplace, but the mantle that you wear, the cloak, the one that we're on. When Mother Earth shakes her mantle, it is a multisensory experience, not always a pleasant one, that is felt by those that love her, by those who choose not to, and by those who don't know how to love her. When Mother Earth shakes her mantle, it is a multi-sensory experience. Taking out one of those little fairy tales from Shunavet. There once was a tailor, a tailor sews clothes. He was out in the forest enjoying himself. and He hears this melody and It is so beautiful, he wants to know where it's coming from. And he follows the melody here and he follows the melody there. And he comes to a clearing that is uh, full of a meadow, green grasses, and in the middle there's a beautiful tree. And he comes to the tree and the melody is coming out of the tree. How can that be, he thinks to himself? How can a melody come out of a tree? And he's so curious, he wants to find out how it can come out of the tree. And he takes a little needle out of his sack, he's a tailor, and he starts to poke the tree, poke, 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 trying to find out why this melody comes out. And all of a sudden, that he'll get sucked in, and out comes a key stuck in the bark. And he turns the key, opens the tree, and he gets sucked down the gullet of that tree, and he's out cold. When he wakes up, he's in this space that's frosty and glittery and silvery and he starts to move and he realizes the whole space is covered with sewing needles. And he cannot move without getting poked. He thinks, "I got to get out of here. I'm going to be poked to death." And he remembers he has scissors. He takes the scissors out of his bag and he cuts through the wall. And as he steps through, he enters a space and there are thousands of scissors dancing up and down, up and down and coming near his body. Oh, He says, I'm already poked full of holes like a sponge and look at my clothes, they're tatters. I got to get out of here before those scissors start cutting my skin. And he remembers he has an iron in his bag and he takes the irons out and he pushes his way through the scissors And he drops down into some thorn bushes. And he tries to get out of the thorn bushes, and he looks up in the sky. It's turning gray and black, and it's going to rain. Thunder and lightning. And then it starts, but it's not water, it's irons. And they're raining down on him. He's getting stuck, and there's only those thorn bushes to hide in. And out of the corner of his eye, he sees an empty tree stump. And he thinks, I'll crawl in there. And he crawls into the tree stump. It's a tall one. He gets in there for a little reprieve. <sighs> as soon as he takes that breath, in come a bunch of red ants. No. And they crawl up his body, and they sting, and they bite, and he groans, and he moans, and he sneezes, and he wheezes, and he tries to get them off. Oh! And then all of a sudden... He lifts his arms up to the heavens and he says, I swear I will never hurt a tree, not even a leaf on a tree, if I can get out of here alive. And as soon as he said that, the iron stopped draining, the ants went away, and he hightailed it out of there. And you know, he never hurt a tree again in his life. Now when Mother Earth shakes her mantle, it is a multi-sensory experience. It's it if you are interested in learning how to become a storyteller please visit our website at southmountaincc.edu forward slash storytelling